0: Good morning welcome to resource center this is Audrey Raj on the show today we're going to be talking about generative AI deepfakes and identity theft so according to a study by Jumio more than 50% of consumers believe they can tell if a video is a deepfake the problem is we're overestimating our skills and some of the deep fakes out there today have actually reached a level of sophistication that prevents detection by the naked eye. And what this means is we can no longer protect ourselves from the fraudsters. We need AI to work the other way as well to help us fortify our digital environments and protect ourselves and our online identities from identity theft. So to guide us through what exactly we're dealing with, what you and I and And businesses out there can do to counter this and how AI is going to help us overcome the threats of AI, I have online with me today, Frederick Ho, Vice President for Jumio in Asia Pacific. Welcome back to the show, Frederick.
1: Hello, Audrey. It's a pleasure to be on the show.
0: So, Frederick, um, before we jump into the online identity study uh, and its findings, um, maybe you can give us a quick introduction to Jumio and what you guys do, just for context.
1: Thank you, Audrey. Uh, Jumio is a technology company that provides a solution to verify online identities uh, via using uh, facial biometrics, ability to verify the authenticity of an ID document. Uh, we ensure that the people who transact on the internet can be proven to be who they say they are.
0: Frederick, the Jumio 2023 Online Identity Study has some insights on um, our awareness, consumer awareness of generative AI and deepfake technologies. Can you give us an overview of some of the key findings from the study?
1: Most certainly, Audrey. Uh, maybe just to set the context... So, generative AI has captured the imagination of millions worldwide, largely driven by the recent success of ChatGPT, mm-hmm. like uh, text generation chatbots. Well, there are many potential benefits when it comes to this technology, but in the wrong hands, this can also serve as a powerful weapon for cybercrime to go to a whole new level, creating highly convincing deepfakes, be it content, images, video, and audio. Now, the, um, with all eyes on GPT, so Jumil set out to uncover consumer perspectives around generative AI and, and the risk this poses to themselves. Hmm. So we engaged uh, uh, an organization census-wide uh, in 2023 uh, to conduct a study to review the understanding of consumers on how generative AI and deepfake technologies could accelerate identity fraud. And the subsequent need for digital identities, uh, online verification, as well as authentication. Uh, so a big uh, result from uh, our analysis was, of course, uh, a point that you have earlier mentioned, that the results of the study suggest that consumers overestimate their ability to de- de- detect deepfakes, which can render them vulnerable to attacks. You know. So why is this important? Now, the uh, the consumer's Study itself shows that in fact over two-thirds of people are aware of generative AI and their ability to transform the threat landscape. Uh, Many of them actually felt that they are confident to detect to detect a deepfake video. Now, this overconfidence is concerning, given the reality that deepfakes have reached a level of sophistication that prevents detection by the naked eye. Now, the implications of this are many. Now, one, Humans are not 100% alert all the time. And a moment of complacency could create the window of opportunity for a fraudster, a scam via deepfake identity spoofing to succeed. So while some deepfakes and scams are obvious, but we must remember that attackers will try to seem as credible, lawful as possible. They will continually evolve to include the latest technologies to get past our guards. Now, how good are technologies these days? You know, I'll yeah. side maybe a little bit of an uh, example you know, to share. So in cyber criminals are uh, you know constantly researching for new ways to trick people. And one of the more recent additions was using deepfake to generate a voice simulation. So a little bit earlier as well, back in nine, 2019. Uh, the chief executive officer of a a British energy firm transferred €220,000 to a scammer after he received a phone call from what sounded like the head of the company's German parent company Mm. and asking him to wire money to a supplier. Now, that was voice generated using artificial intelligence, uh, generative AI. Now, I think with the trends projected to today... Uh, what we are all potentially could be facing is the next wave of scams will be a deep fake video call from your boss. My. So I think that uh, this is the area where uh, it has accelerated the level of fraud you know, to something that uh, uh, we, we really have got to be uh, not only be mindful, but to have properly equipped tools to prevent ourselves like, uh, you know, from being scammed. And maybe just to scare, uh, share a bit of the few uh, scam types. Um, in fact, many of these uh, researchers have listed uh, top scam types such as job scams, fake, fake friend call scams, mm. e-commerce scams, phishing as well as investments. So think, thinking lo- along these lines, these are the hot topics for fraudsters, and this is something that you know uh, we we are exposed and we have got to constantly. Uh, remind ourselves you know that whether i'll be better equipped like right, uh, to be dealing with uh, these scenarios hmm.
0: now the study mentions that um online identity theft is expected to become you know and like you mentioned as well so much more easier thanks to uh gen ai technology right maybe you can explain the role of gen ai tools like your chat gpt your DALI, your Lensa, um, in creating the kind of fabricated content or videos or deep fakes that pose potential risks um, you know, in the context of identity verification? Because earlier you mentioned um, a video call, right? But is there any other way that these Gen AI tools can be used to fabricate uh, or create these deep fakes?
1: Online identity fraud powered by generative AI is identity fraud on steroids, so, so the the era of low cost and high impact misinformation has come in the past when a fraudster has got to orchestrate large scale disinformation campaigns uh it requires a lot of resources and manpower even on their part so coordinated efforts require multiple people you know uh and an effective operation now, with the generative AI coming to play, fundamentally this has transformed the landscape, making it easier, more affordable than ever to create all these fake stories, fake news, social media, and these powerful AI tools have reached a level of sophistication where the content they generate is almost indistinguishable from human-created material. So it really blurs the lines between what is true and what isn't. So you think about it, in the past, scammers typically relied on pre-made scripted responses, so it is quite silly sometimes in terms of the questions that they will and answers they provide. and uh, users may be able to detect, well, this sounds a bit strange, you know now the the ability of generative AI to provide the level of uh, very natural responses highly tailored to your background to who you are has really raised the threat level a lot higher. Now, even with uh, uh, large language models, the messages that the AI analyzes, understands the context of the conversation, and even creates human-like responses that there are no telltale signs associated with uh, uh, old generation chat engine. You know, so this is really something that uh, will be the, the world that we have to deal with. Now, I think that um, it is challenging preventing individuals from falling victim to generative AI scams. Uh, so, and that uh, convince them to provide personal information uh, over these tools. But, uh, for instance, personal information uh, is compromised in many cases when one of these scams succeed and used in an attempt to you know ex- access existing online accounts or create a fake account online equipped with mouth. Multi- now, what we need are technologies be beyond. Uh, Of course, you know, these these platforms Mm -hmm. and uh, to think about using multimodal biometrics, right, verification and authentication, uh, which can detect and prevent because it goes further than just the interaction itself. It looks at the face behind the camera, uh, you know, and the liveness behind the camera to verify this is truly uh, who the person says they are. When you're interacting uh, on the online world, mm-hmm. but um, yes,
0: yeah, Frederick, uh, we are going to come back uh, right after this quick break to discuss the multimodal biometric-based verification systems that you just mentioned there. Well, but stay tuned; I'll be back with Frederick Ho from Jumio, and we'll continue our chat about Gen AI, deepfakes, and identity theft on Resource Center in just a few minutes. BFM eighty-nine point nine. Bunkus for Makan BFM 89.9 The
1: Business Station
0: Welcome back. This is Resource Center with Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have Frederick Ho, Vice President of Jumeo in Asia Pacific. And we are talking about generative AI, deep fakes, and identity theft. Now, uh, Frederick, before, just before the break, you were talking to us about this concept of multi-model biometric-based verification systems. And I know that this was also mentioned in the study. Um, so how can such systems help us in detect detecting fakes and, of course, enhancing security at large?
1: Uh, multimodal biometrics, uh, facial recognition systems and likeness technologies, they essentially verify the user in front of the camera. Now, uh, whilst uh, this has the ability to, of course, uh, recognize uh, a face captured on the camera uh, against a face on file within the organization, but more than that, it will be able to detect that it was a live face. It wasn't a pre-recorded video. It's not a uh, a, a still image of a user. So there was a real live human and a picture was taken and compared with a face on file to establish that this is indeed the person that's present. Now, these technologies are effectively implemented to also detect deep fakes. Whilst deep fakes may tend to Use technologies to imitate someone's face impersonation on on on, on the channel on the on the camera channel itself, uh, but to recreate the liveness aspects of it uh, with the facial biometrics would be a strong technology uh, to overcome uh, these uh, challenges.
0: Hmm. Um, I'm I'm wondering, other than you know employing these multi-model biometric-based verification system facial recognition systems, is there any other Way or are there any other measures that businesses and organizations can take to counter um, this growing threat?
1: Generally, I think that there are many areas where uh, companies and consumers as a whole uh, uh, could employ these days, you know, to protect themselves, you know, against uh, a ever increasing risk of uh, AI generated uh, deepfake video fraud. Now, at the consumer level, I will say, uh, you know. we we have got to be mindful about malware uh, as well as uh, have uh, malware protection services in place. Now, protecting against malware is an absolute must uh, on your computer and your smartphone. Now, whether is it for business or your personal use, because hackers use this malware to hack into your device, tricking you into opening a malicious link or installing a program from an untrusted source. Now, these links are often disguised as a standard file or attachment in an email through a phishing scam. Now, malware can do more than steal, modify, or even delete your data. It can hijack your phone core functionality. Mm. Now, to mm-hmm. protect the device uh, for use for business and personal, uh, it is in your best interest to consider protection on malware installations on your devices. Now, at the business level as well, of course, you know companies that uh, are uh, in offering digital service on mobile apps. Um, they are uh, of course uh, in a race against the developments and um, identity fraud online and uh, a very current you know trend of course is where uh, mobile banking some of the mobile banking apps are, are starting to implement uh, detection of screen sharing services on your mobile phones right mm-hmm. Now uh, this will be abilities to then look at the the risk level of your device if, some uh, untrusted source applications are running to screen share, which could indicate some level of compromise, like uh, of your security on your app itself. Maybe if was, you know, ins- a fraudster had a malware installed and they are already watching your keystrokes and your personal data, your bank account number, your passwords. You know, so these things are uh, being handled at, at various levels but ultimately of course you know um as a consumer you no know, we of course uh, have got to uh do our part you know ensure that uh the versions of our uh, operating systems are updated the apps are updated and generally be mindful in terms of uh, suspicious links you know uh not clicking on certain emails what these are really the habits as a consumer that we we need to employ i i think ultimately we um the, uh, the challenge of uh, using uh, liveness detection, facial biometrics will add that level of security to ensure that if challenged uh, in the transaction, the, the system itself would ask the user to capture you know, the selfie and the liveness test. That would be the ultimate source of verifying uh, if the user, if that user was the genuine user on the transaction.
0: Now I'm just thinking, like even just before this call, uh, Frederick, I was online doing my my banking via my mobile app, and I just used my face to unlock the app, right? Of course, I need to put my password in a bit later, but then, how safe is that going to be in the near future? Because like you said, just as we are all upskilling or, you know, moving along with tech and the advancement of AI, so are these fraudsters. So, you know, how long do you see us being able to continue to um, use facial recognition for, you know, apps that need uh, hyper security like our financial services apps and things like that? Um, Is this still a viable option moving forward?
1: Um, facial biometrics and liveness technology is gaining great momentum uh, as a means of uh, uh, signing online uh, users uh, to business applications, mm-hmm. be it in banking applications or uh, commercial, financial type applications. Now, it is there are two aspects of it that we have to consider. One, of course, is the security level. And at a business level, this would be a, uh, a platform that would have... Uh, the the easiest market reach because Mm. uh, transactions are executed via a consumer device that most of us would have. Mm. So I think that uh, in a a world today where a lot of services have already turned digital, uh, it it is unavoidable that uh, we we will uh, be uh, doing more transactions on personal devices, uh, but it must be overlaid with technologies such as uh, facial biometrics as well as liveness uh, to ensure that it would get us uh, a distant, right, and yet um, be, you know, uh, ahead you know, of uh, potential risk and fraud. Now, um, now it has got to be, of course, you know, coupled with uh, all the other aspects that I mentioned earlier, you know, s- security measures, you know, uh, as well as uh, our own personal practices. But I want to touch a little bit about, you know, the, then when we try to be, as good as we can right, uh, in ensuring that we ourselves are protected and companies do the same, there will be certain segments of uh, the, the population that will be um, more at risk, right? Mm. So we think about um, children, you know, uh, and of course, uh, being children. Uh, and what
0: about our parents on WhatsApp?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think that um, I will not, of course, think, think say that... Uh, they represent, you know, the, the 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 highest risk group. But generally, uh, studies have shown that, of course, uh, the the elderly tend to have higher chance of falling victim, you know, to uh, online financial exploitations, and it it could be that, uh, you know, it's like they will have a perception of uh, being less skeptical, like right? when they're receiving a phone call or dealing with a uh, text content. Uh, and hence, you know, making them more vulnerable to financial exploitation. Uh, and it also could be because they may have a higher net worth uh, mm. and that they may be in an age group that can be easily targeted for phone scams. In fact, yeah. um, for, from a fraudster's perspective, right, uh, the the high-income earners, they, they would be a good uh, target group, even given that uh, if you're a high-income earner, you have got a bigger data footprint on the internet you have more disposable income, you shop at more places online, you use more credit cards, Hmm. and in a way, you have left a lot more footprint in the digital world for them to uh, gather your data and then, of course, create uh, uh, a more focused attack on on, on yourself. So I think that these are areas that beyond, of course, what we know that we all should do, uh, but there will always be certain groups that will be at a higher risk. Right, for yeah. uh, online identity fraud.
0: You're right. So I, I guess education is key. But uh, Frederick, uh, before I let you go, I, I just want to ask you to look into your crystal ball. And I think I did this the last time you were on the show as well. How do you envision the future of identity verification and authentication evolving with AI technology? What role will Jumio as well play in shaping this landscape?
1: I think that the, the, the future really brings together, you know, different fraud signals that, uh, and this fraud signal should paint a picture. And this picture should be able to help us to decipher uh, what is of higher risk and what is of lower risk. Now, um, there are multiple technologies in the market today. Some of them deal with facial biometrics, uh, liveness detection, uh, other systems provide information about backgrounds of an individual. Uh, and yet others try to bring relationships between phone numbers, email accounts, uh, transactions that were made behind these uh, uh, data mm-hmm. and linking it back to identities. Now, I think that for that to really work requires some level of data sharing, and this is not new between industries, maybe even cross borders between systems itself, where uh, a a network of uh, information could present a clearer picture pointing to potential fraudulent activities uh, on on the online world. So I see that uh, technology vendors in our own space got to get better at what we do, Um, but the network and that relationship, that signature of uh, fraud uh, could well be better analysed with a good and positive use of generative AI in the positive way you know to really help us to combat and it brings back to your very earlier point maybe we should fight AI with AI you know mm-hmm. to get get to a better world
0: right Frederick it's always a pleasure having you on the show uh, for more information on Jumio uh, or uh, on this latest study the 2023 online identity study is there a website that we can go to
1: uh, yes certainly so the studies has been posted onto the Jumil website as well uh, so I will encourage uh, interested parties you know, to visit our website uh and you will find uh, abundant information on online identity services
0: Right. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app, available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Frederick Ho, Vice President for Jumio in Asia Pacific. My name is Audrey Raj and this has been Resource Center on Enterprise, BFM 89.9.